0: so we It was very convenient for them to have Lisa Kudrow say essentially five lines total in this episode so we could cover it Um, because it just sort of gives us an excuse to talk about like, like, oh, they're making a community movie and, uh, you know, like it's like, oh, like it's like they specifically did this episode so we can be like slightly topical this week.
1: That was nice of them to do this episode probably two years ago. (laughs) Animation takes a long time to come out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the turnover on Rick and Morty is like a uh, subject of some uh, like uh, eyebrow raising at the very least because like Justin Rowland is like extremely anti-animators union because he thinks the leeway is too long as it is. and He's like, oh, those like lazy. It's like you ship it out to like like Korea, I think is where it gets animated. And they work like 16 hour days and some shit. Justin Rowland seems like a real piece of shit.
1: Well, it makes sense then that uh, Solar Opposites is. Way worse version of freaking Morty*.
0: Yeah, uh, pretty much. And it also makes sense that like the politics of the show are like inscrutable. Like, they, like they're just sort of like dumb. <laughs> Every like four episodes, they'll have. Should we just get into the show? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we're just talking about it already. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: cue. Theme song. Well, where's Lisa? What a great theme song that was. It was. I
0: really liked how you added in the that one sound that you added in there. You know, you always you always make each theme song a little custom for the episode. And I think this one was one of the best ones.
1: A little controversial, but you know. <laughs> to make do. Uh, welcome to we're not here to watch Friends, the podcast about the Friends from the show Friends, but not the Friends show Friends itself. The actors from the show Friends in other works that they are in. by two friends. Daniel and Brandon. I'm Daniel. I'm Brandon. <laughs> I haven't. I feel like you said the intro like the past like couple weeks. So I, just I have really- yeah. And it's
0: it's been a minute since. I guess when do we record last? Whatever. It's that's not interesting conversation. <laughs> um, this week. There were we're talking about the episode of Rick and Morty, which aired uh, by the time you're listening to this, like a week and a half ago. Um, but the show is also going on hiatus until like late November, I think. There's going to be like several weeks without new episodes, so it's the most recent episode of Rick and Morty in its sixth season. Uh, Lisa Kudrow was sort of in it.
1: Sort of is very keyword because Jason Mraz. What a weird guest star! I know. I didn't realize I was Jason Mraz until after I watched the episode. Uh, and I kept trying to place the voice because I. Recognize Dan Harmon? I guess is the other one, and I was I, I could tell it was like a I, I couldn't tell if it was Dan Harmon or Justin Roland doing a voice, but I was like I know it's someone.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was maybe one of the writers because they really like they'll get like a good guest star for every episode, and then there's like three or four people who just do silly voices for every other character. And yeah, you can, Justin Rowland, I feel like is the most obvious one because when he's not doing the Rick or the Morty voice, he just does his normal skin voice almost always. Pretty much. and his Rick and Morty voices sound a lot like too.
1: Yeah, he always, he sounds a lot every voice he does sounds like the Morty voice pretty much. He's kind of a bad voice
0: actor, like in the classical sense of a voice actor being able to do a lot with their voice. He really just does the one oh jeez thing.
1: And the burp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's voice acting is definitely not as easy as uh, certain uh, celebrities will have you believe it is based on how often they jump into it. Yeah, for sure. It's a very tough craft. I'm glad that, speaking of voice acting, I'm glad he Keith David is basically in like every other episode of the show now as the yeah. president because he's always fun. Keith David
0: David rules and he is a really good voice actor. Fantastic. Uh, even like I was watching a video of him going through different characters he's voiced and you don't really notice it because his voice is so deep but there are like really subtle changes he makes for each character and, I, and like until you hear him do it like back to back you're like oh wow like this is actually very different and like there's like he just has a very fine touch you know. Yeah.
1: I mean because he does a lot of times he does you can kind of tell it's Keith David once you hear the voice for the most part whenever I hear him at least but like I never really ever like confuse the characters he voices or go just oh it's just Keith David playing himself again as a voice like he always has like very interesting takes on those people he plays yeah yeah it's it's sort of I wonder if he
0: got this gig because he did like the last season of Community too right I
1: have to assume that's a big part because he started off being the president like right around the last season of community aired yeah because um, he was the president in that uh get swifty episode yeah. um and that was like around the time the last season of community was airing so i have to assume dan was like oh keith david's on my other show and he's a well-known voice actor let me just have him be on rick and morty also yeah before we get into like the individual episode do you like this show so i actually fell pretty far behind on the show uh just the past couple years just you know yeah for whatever reason and you texting me to be like oh we should do this episode uh, uh, because Lisa Kudra was in the newest one, I was like, Oh, maybe I should catch up on the show now. So I was about like a season and a half behind, which like maybe is like five, four or five hours of my life, give or take. So yeah. it wasn't that of a commitment to me to just be like, Oh, I'm just going to watch the whole because I was only like, Yeah, I, I was basically like halfway through season five, maybe. And I got to admit, there's some stuff in season five where I was like, Ooh, this was not funny at all. Um, and then towards the end, I liked it again. And it's one of those shows where I feel in season six, I've been kind of going back and forth. Like every other episode, I enjoy pretty much, I guess I'd say.
0: I, I, I feel like it has a similar trajectory as Community where like the first three seasons I'm like damn this is like a really like this show is like doing something and then it kind of falls off and it's like alright it's not as good as it used to be but it still has its moments and then in the sixth season the most recent one I'm like you know what it, it's still pretty good like I I was so surprised how much I enjoyed the sixth season of Community when it was on Yahoo Screen a streaming service that does not exist anymore Um, like I, I was like I thought like some of the best moments were in that season of the show Um, like I really like how I the show ended I thought that was like a really like the the actual last episode I thought was like really good yes there's some like jokes in the last season that I really enjoy um, and I just yeah I kind of think Rick and Morty similar where like four and five are sort of like a weaker part of the show and then does it get better or have the last two seasons lowered your expectations hard to say
1: yeah I mean I think four was kind of a weird one because it was airing like during the pan, like the start of the pandemic. So it's kind of just like, well, there's nothing really else on. I guess we had, have- I guess Breaking and Morty just is like currently on still. So might as well watch that. And I remember just kind of once like, I-, I feel like I'm not sure it really depends. I guess like past the first three seasons, I feel like four through six are all very similar to me in terms of just, they all just have good and bad episodes to me.
0: Yeah. They, they also like, like, um, lean into like the, uh, continuality of the show in a way that I think I like. Like, I like, I like some of the episodes where they like like dive into like Rick's background and like Bird Person and the Gear Wars and all that shit that are just sort of like throwaways in other episodes but also sometimes those are not very good episodes like I'm like oh it's like interesting to learn the lore but the episodes themselves aren't that funny and so it's like and this is a thing Dan Harmon talks about a lot as like a TV show creator where he's like you know story is the most important and if we like are interviewing a writer and they're more joke forward than story forward we probably won't hire them and i have long been on the other side of that when it comes to like if you write a comedy you should be joke forward you know like the the story should should be a vessel for it to be funny um and i don't think that the joke like cuz there are episodes where i'm like nothing funny has happened in like like a full two scenes now you know and it's like you got you got to have a joke per page man those are like the basics
1: yeah i so i actually kind of i feel like that method makes a lot of sense based on the shows he created because community and rick and morty are best described by like the episode they're in like i feel like whenever i describe an episode whenever i describe a scene from like community rick and morty i can most of the time tell what episode it's in because it's very specific to the episode the joke that that's being made which i think is sort of a good thing in terms of just how much each episode re- like makes jokes based on just the identity of the episode instead of just like cracking wise cracks about the show in general um it, but it also is bad in terms of if the if the story is bad the jokes are probably bad too
0: yeah that's like like there's like the difference between like community and like say like 30 rock uh two comedies that were made during the same time and two that are like absolutely like for me like kind of the pinnacles of like what a sitcom can be of like as far as like 30 rock it's like you don't really remember what happens in each episode but you're like this joke this joke this joke you know like sticks with me and then community is like the exact opposite where if there's something funny and you try to tell someone who hasn't seen the episode it's like this is gonna take like two minutes of me explaining why this is funny you know
1: (laughs) yeah it's tough to like community's not really a show you can like jump into that easily yeah and
0: i don't think that's bad i think it's good like it's good writing to have all the jokes be like so character specific and it's like oh it's funny because they are like like in a way community is more of a sitcom than 30 rock is because everything is all the comedy is very situational uh where 30 rock is Just like a joke machine, Um, and it's—they're both very, very good shows.
1: Um, I feel like uh, Rick and Morty always seems to try to kind of have it both ways, where a lot of times the A plot is very story forward and focused, and then the B plot sort of can be a joke machine sometimes. Yeah, Um,
0: depending on what, um, like if the especially in like the earlier seasons when it was like sci-fi adventure, A plot, B plot, family dynamics story, like then normally it was like, all right, we can mine the family dynamics for more jokes or sometimes they'd be like, all right, this is a serious family episode, so we're going to do a very silly sci-fi thing.
1: Yes, that definitely uh, is a very common thing in the show. Um, yeah. But, like, that's kind of the thing, I guess the show tries to have it both ways, where they have a lot of serious moments and a lot of, like, I mean, because they never really have fully serious episodes, but a lot of their episodes would try to, like, have a serious ending to them sometimes. Yeah. I feel like, especially, like, in seasons four and five, they tried that quite a bit. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I definitely go back and forth on how much I like the show, because I very much liked it the first couple years, like, probably one of my favorite shows, like, season 1 and 2. Um, and then since then, I've kind of gone to the point where I usually just kind of fall behind on it and then catch up eventually and go, yeah, that was fun. I'm glad I caught up.
0: Yeah. In the first couple seasons of it being like, okay, we're going to do like a classic sci-fi motif here, but then like halfway through, we're going to turn it on its head and then maybe even into the third act, we're going to do a th- like another turn and like, you know, it's like uh, one of the writers of the show describes it as like a thing and then a thing and then a thing. You know, you can't just do like, oh, we can't just do like a direct like you know we can't just like go inside the example he was using in this article I was reading like they can't just go inside a body like you know the great voyage it's got to be like inside the body is like a theme park and then you know like the theme park is being invaded by or like gonna fall like you know it's like there's like layers to like okay we're gonna turn the classic sci-fi thing and do something else which works but as the show goes on the, the turn just always ends up being like and Rick is an asshole and cynical and like Actually, is planning the destruction of this thing.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that. I kind of I. I mean, I I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I feel like the first season is the best season of Rick and Morty, just because because basically the first few episodes of the show, the plots basically just uh Grandpa and son do wacky adventures, chaos ensues each time, pretty much. And then around big spoiler for like what the sixth episode I think of the first season, um the entire world they're currently on just gets overtaken by like invaded like or they like I think it's an episode where they uh everyone's obsessed with morty so they like have yeah. to leave the world kill another version of themselves on a different world and take over that world as themselves at that point which i feel like from that was a turning point of the show where at that point pretty much anything was possible in the show and when that first happened that was kind of cool because it was like oh wow that's like i no show usually will just r- reset itself in that way like that was kind of it's an insane thing to do so it's kind of fun that the show went that way but in later seasons they kind of just they kind of take that for granted that they can just do that like they'll have an episode i think maybe either season five or six. I want to say early season six, where like they just, the world they're currently on just gets overrun. So they all just go to a different world and kill them versions of themselves there and then just take it over. Yeah. Just...
0: In the, in the most recent season, they sort of try to address that with everyone getting reset to their like reset to their like original universe. Yes. And I think that that episode really works because like they've just, they, the only way for the show to like last, cause otherwise they could just keep doing this, like, you know, killing themselves and moving in is like they're like, well, we've decided that the these versions of ourselves are like the family and so we can't like we're even though two, three like half of us are from like different universes like we are sticking together and it does it is like kind of nice that it's like okay they regrounded the show to give it stakes again because it's like otherwise it's just who gives a shit you know and i think that sh- the show has always struggled with having any sort of real stakes um because there's always that like oh we can just do this again or like who cares there's like infinite numbers of you and they bring it up constantly that there's like, you know, uh, infinite numbers. And like, you know, there's like two episodes a season where they like go to the Citadel of Ricks and kill a bunch of versions of themselves and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's a, they they sort of, by opening up, uh, by opening up the endless possibilities, they also wrote themselves in a corner for like the emotional stakes of the show, um, which would be fine if it was a show just without any emotional stakes, but they want to ground it in a way. And so, yeah, they, they've never really Nailed striking that balance.
1: Yeah, I do find like a lot of shows in this kind of vein where they try to be wacky and then have like emotional stakes in them usually just feel sort of like fake to yeah. me. I feel like this show at least sort of does it in a way sometimes where it feels like they know what they're doing. But yeah,
0: I mean, I trust, I trust old Danny Harms. uh He's going to make no matter how long the show's on, it's going to be like at least decent for the entire run.
1: Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. I mean, it seems like a show that you kind of like once you kind of establish that at any of the show, it's kind of like just. It just runs on itself sort of and as long as you have like good writers to kind of just occasionally throw in some good jokes or random plots yeah that works. um i was like speaking of plots of the show i guess just to quickly go over like some season six plots uh the one that just happened a few weeks ago i haven't looked up any like discussions of this or anything but the episode where they all switch to like their night versions uh they like create night versions of themselves that like do all the chores for them yeah it's like basically just severance but that was made before severance existed so kind of a weird uh parallel thinking there a little bit
0: yeah i was i was because yeah it was- was definitely it was written like probably like you said two years ago but yeah it is just it is just severance
1: yeah and i've listened to because i listened to most of the behind the scenes commentaries they have at the end of the episodes on adult swims app yeah. uh, by the way one of the worst apps i've ever been in my entire life is the adult website uh <laughs> bad. it's awful it's worse than uh amazon prime i oh, would say because i would literally every time at a certain point every time i would try to go to every time i went to commercial break whenever it came back it would just freeze and not let me watch the show so i had to like restart the episode and then go to the second commercial break and watch all the commercials are gonna get through it that was fun jesus christ yeah i know i watched it on hulu oh i didn't realize it was on hulu too my mistake it might be because i have hulu plus live tv though that i can watch it like oh possibly i just assumed day. that i just lo- i just went on it also and watched them yeah. but anyway um the uh like they have behind the scenes commentary at the end of every episode and for that episode the severance episode they just kind of were like oh yeah we've been passing this idea on for like five years of trying to make like a john carpenter-esque like horror film with the characters all having night versions of themselves so like you know it's been around for a while but it is kind of weird how that came out around the same time Severance became popular you know? yeah I mean there's only so many ideas that's true <laughs> um but yeah I mean I, I do like how they will always kind of surprise you for the most part of what the plot is like you never are just like oh it's a boring episode per se I mean some yeah, of the, the surprising
0: three forward which is nice
1: yeah usually it's very entertaining of trying to figure out what's gonna happen um although I will say we kind of came on the on the wrong episode in that perspective because I think this was the worst episode of the season so far
0: yeah uh, this I I I agree I was like and I can't really figure out why like because it's sort of the same thing like there's so many episodes where like someone is trying to like like I this kind of reminds me of like the vindicators episode where like you know Rick and Morty team up with the like space heroes and then they get like stuck in like a saw thing that Rick made and like there's like a reoccurring thing where someone who is like morally good and trying to make a difference just by being good uh that like pisses Rick off because it goes against like, he's like, you know, Oh, uh, I'm like cynical and life is meaningless. And like, frankly, you can tell that this show is just written by a bunch of Gen X people. It's some (laughs) real, like some real like nineties grunge ass like beliefs in this show. Um, And so like, I kind of, this episode is like sort of similar to that where it's like, Oh, you know, he hates these like very good, like no alternative motive uh, creatures just because of their like goodness. And so he wants to like, Prove them wrong by like setting up a, essentially setting like a trap for them or like tricking them into doing something. But for some reason, yeah. it just doesn't work as well in this episode because there's no uh, jokes. Uh, yeah, that's why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> basically, the plot of the episode is that like three dinosaurs come to Earth and say that they can just basically make work on Earth like non-existent and just have everyone just live their lives. And they control. They basically take over the world, sort of. But everyone else just kind of exists as people without having any sort of like real tasks or responsibilities. And Rick doesn't really care about that, but he gets—he's annoyed at them for basically improving his technology. So he decides to, uh, like the president contacts him to like try to kill them or figure out a way to get rid of them. And he just goes and tries to investigate what they don't know in the worlds, and then finds out that they all get destroyed by comets eventually. So then the dinosaurs try to go to a different worlds to destroy themselves without destroying the Earth. And Rick gets mad at that. So then he goes on the Earth. He goes on the other world and gets them to kill the comet and use violence, which they don't like you doing. Yeah. And, and it, it, It doesn't work for like a lot of reasons I think it not being very
0: funny is probably number one Uh, but also like just doesn't make any fucking sense so like the dinosaurs are in charge and what they do with their like you know as like the overlords of the of the world is they just do everyone's chores for them you know like there's like the scene where like the like raptor is like sorting cans out of the like the smith's trash right and I was like the more interesting angle here is that by like being like we got it from here primates they've cre- they've caused themselves to become an underclass you know like like there's like some weird class like cause he's like oh like, like it's like oh we you know scarcity is gone and like this is like what Dan Harmon thinks communism is <laughs> where it's just like no, I like read a book dog you know like it's just it's such like a dumb it's such a dumb political world he's built in this episode of like well dinosaurs take over the world and they do everything for us um, and they're happy to do it and And uh, humans reject that because they're bored and they have nothing to do. And it's like this is there's like a million more interesting things you could do with just that premise, you know,
1: like Dinosaur Rebellion or some shit, you know. So I do wonder how much Dan Harmon and Justin Roland are actually involved in the writing on the show anymore. Like it seems like they are somewhat, but like they definitely are not like hands on every week. It feels like I'm sure Dan is based
0: on him being in all of the like behind the like he's in every single one of the like behind the episode extras at the end of the episode. And so it's like, well, he's like, but Justin Rowland is rarely in those. So just based on that, I feel like he's still like in the writer's room.
1: Yeah, Justin Rowland's like Seth MacFarlane and American Dad right now, pretty much. Yeah. Which is fine, honestly. Seth MacFarlane's best performances are all in American Dad. American like,
0: Dad, still a pretty good show, honestly. If I'm, gonna, it, if, if I'm gonna watch one thing on like the Fox Animation Domination. Well, it's gonna be Bob's Burgers. But if I'm gonna watch two, two- things- it will be American Dad. Hey, what about The Simpsons? New Simpsons? American New Simpsons?
1: Dad's not American Dad's not on animation nomination anymore. It's on CBS it
0: yes for like seven years. I thought it was still on on Sunday nights on Fox. Okay, well, so I'm normally watching football, so I don't actually watch this. But I thought I st- thought it was still four. I thought it was well, Simpsons. still
1: four, but no one cares about the other two at this point, or the yeah. other one, I guess. Whatever is it? The Great North, probably. I'm assuming. Oh, I like The Great North actually.
0: Yeah, Simpsons is a third for me.
1: But I mean, I mean, in terms of overall though, Simpsons, I feel like I'd watch. But American Dad would be pretty close second.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we're talking classic Simpsons, it's number one. Yeah. Uh, But
1: American Dad's great. Futurama, obviously, then afterwards, I feel like. But yeah. uh, Yeah. But speaking of which, do you think Rick and Morty would have worked on a different network? Or do you think it had to be like Adult Swim?
0: I think it kind of has to be Adult Swim. Like it's I don't it wouldn't work on like network TV. And I just there's like no one really doing cartoons outside of Fox, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of mostly Fox and like occasionally a cable network like FX will do cartoons. But yeah, now,
0: I guess it could have worked on FX, um, but even then, it's just like it's it's a very it's a very Adult Swim show, which is why I'm kind of surprised. When I remember when I was reading about it when like the, it was first coming out, I was like, I'm surprised this is 22 minutes long. I was going, I was assuming it was going to be like an 11 minute episode, like all Adult Swim shows are for some reason, and it would be on either for one year or like on and off for 22 years. And oh yeah. Yeah. you
1: know <laughs> i remember when i when the show first came out like because i will obviously i started watching it as soon as it came out because dan harman was a creator so i was yeah. like well i'm gonna watch it then um i ever really enjoying it and like kind of convincing some of my college friends to watch it and some of my college friends are watching it on their own too um and so like it kind of became like the like discussion show at least amongst my friend group in freshman year of college because that's when the first season came out uh but like at that point it wasn't like a massive hit yet i feel like maybe the next year it became kind of a massive hit i want to say and then yeah. like obviously by the time like a a few years later once they had the whole se- Szechuan sauce thing it became like oh, culture. <laughs>
0: yeah this show like a lot of Dan Harmon shows is because it makes you feel kind of smart for watching it like there's some like there's like not that Rick and Morty is a subtle show but there are some like subtle jokes or like little like nods at stuff that you're like aha I'm very clever because I understood what they were saying there and like but because it's like that it does just create the worst fucking fans of all time
1: yeah I, like I think I dislike Rick and Morty fans more than community fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause the thing is in the first couple seasons, they, I feel like after the Szechuan stuff, saw stuff, they made more of an effort to make it very obvious that Rick like is not a good person. And it's yeah. like, deeply evil. Cause it's like, you're not supposed, you know, not to be like the people on like the, the old meme of like, you're not supposed to idolize him. And it's a picture of like Brad Pitt from fight club or whatever. <laughs> those, like, memes that always go around, but like Rick, Rick is like the bad bad guy
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it's like the uh like, to him, like the Breaking Bad thing where you're like oh fucking Skyler ruining Walt's whole plan or whatever um like I mean Rick t- everyone uh, Rick definitely has like a fan base here just like oh man it's so cool that he just like destroyed an entire world of civil- of like innocent people or whatever
0: yeah and it's just it's funny how many like just like dipshits are like I see a lot of myself in him because I'm also cynical but smart and it's like yeah but he's
1: like a god <laughs> yeah um it's, it's a very weird character where like the First couple of years they kind of try to play with just like he's clearly like a like uh doc from Back to the Future type. uh and they just make him kind of do weird shit and like his family is annoyed by him all the time for the most part, except for his grandson who idolizes him. Um, and then eventually they kind of just turn him into like, oh, everyone just loves this guy, or either they do or they hate him, and he kills them by the end of the week, pretty much. Yeah. Really like the he, most
0: the most interesting character on the show is Summer. Um more fun.
1: I like I think the episode where she did the like the diehard parody of this year was probably one of my favorite ones, just because it was pretty fun. He's seen her and like Peter Dinklage kind of just go at it. Yeah. It and like the anytime like
0: like Morty and Rick are in like a real bind, Rick is like always like Summer's like the one he trusts to like bail them out. Like in the in the one where they like put all the memories back in their head and uh in the one where they get like transported back to their original realities, he's like, Summer, you gotta do all this, this and I'm just like, Yeah, they're like episode summer episodes are really normally pretty good, or at least entertaining.
1: Yeah, they're they're fun. Um they they usually do a good job of like at least kind of spacing things up a bit. Yeah. But uh, so kind of, you know, off the good voice acting from Peter Dinklage, uh, Lisa Kudrow and Jason Mraz kind of just, I don't know what they were doing here. First of all, Jason Mraz just on his own is like, what weird to do voice acting at all. Must have been Uh, a fan of the show, right? Like he had been a fan of the show that like reached out or something and they were just like, yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, that's gotta be like what happened because
1: they both have like maybe
0: 10 lines between the two of them. They barely say anything.
1: Yeah, like Dan Harmon's character as a, the third dinosaur says more lines than like both of them combined <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's very kind of weird. strange like a lot of times like whenever you have like a big guest star on like a uh, uh, animated show if they have like a group of people with them typically they're like the leader and then like the other people in the group are like the recurring voice actors who are on the show so it's weird to have that like not be the case this time where the leader of the group seemed to be dan Harmon and jason mraz and lisa kudrow would just occasionally butt in and say something else
0: yeah it's it wasn't usually a joke it was very bizarre i remember i I was watching this like as it was airing and like just did the did the um, like Leo like pointing at the the screen thing from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, where I was just like holy shit why is Lisa Kudrow in this and then she doesn't speak for like 15 (laughs) minutes after her first line and only says something
1: in like the last scene and she's like why is she in this yeah it doesn't make any sense yeah I don't get it I feel like we discussed on the previous episode I want to say how good of a voice actor she would be um, I think that was her. We discussed that for yes. and you know, basically predicting this to happen. Um, but she didn't really I mean, like, I think if they gave her a good role, she's going to like nail it. But for this, they're just like, all right, you're dinosaur number two. Yeah. And five lines. Only one of them is kind of a joke yeah
0: um yeah so we both don't really like this episode but was there was there anything that like did like work for you I there were two jokes I liked
1: uh, this show basically is just full of references to things that I like a lot of the time so whenever that happens I'm always like mm, fun uh like when they had like the robot like waiter in the bar and like the restaurant that like uh, was this like a was that like a house of cards parody or something it, I guess right very much so yeah they're so, like they have a house of cards parody where they have like a like a you know owner of a restaurant who still working despite like the uh no one having to work anymore who serves keith david and brick uh when they're trying to plant plot their overthrowing of the government pretty much or, Like i guess it's house of- i've never seen house of cars but i know they go to a restaurant a lot uh yeah. and like then it turns out the road it turns out like the waiter is like a robot and then like keith david says how often you are you westworlding me or whatever yeah. kind of like when this happens all the time which is kind of funny uh mostly just because it came the way that it came out keith david's mouth was funny i feel like if it like was anyone else the delivery might not have been there for me but that was fun yeah. and then met- they make it like a tony hawk pro skater 3 reference at one point that was a uh, my- alley um and then uh, one of the jokes i kind of liked i don't i like was when everyone in the world mad at the dinosaurs i feel like you know where i'm gonna go with this maybe once i say it but like and like everyone's like mad at them for like kind of ruining the infra- infrastructure of the world or whatever and they're like oh i like trains now dinosaurs suck or whatever and they like <laughs> turn and decide they like trains instead that's yeah. kind of funny um i i really liked i really liked <laughs> when the dinosaurs
0: land and the guys like uh if if you know if they want to take over earth they'll have to go through egypt first and they could ask mummies how that went and then the dinosaurs come out and the guy goes mummy me <laughs> That was <laughs> that kind of really really dumb wordplay that makes no sense uh also like egyptians didn't like kill mummies <laughs> they made them <laughs> like the that all works for me because i'm like yeah that's just stupid and i like a joke that's just dumb uh and the other thing that i thought was really funny was like when uh jerry is like getting ready to print his his manifesto and you see like him like clicking through and he has like a file called like delete this and then it's like you know manifesto manifesto underscore final manifesto underscore final final and i'm like that's classic that's like classic how we all keep records
1: uh love that joke it's a very writer's joke yeah <laughs> uh, and is it even? Fun? i also liked how he tried to click on like the wrong end of like the file so it didn't actually click for him so he had to go over and click somewhere else to get to work yeah
0: just just classic uh uh, when you're leaning over a coworker's shoulder and you're watching them use a computer and it's driving you insane how bad they are at a computer. Yeah. <laughs> and like or the opposite where someone's leaning over your shoulder and it's like you, for, you it's like you've forgotten how to drive all of a sudden and you're like, oh God, I'm embarrassing myself. Yeah, very good.
1: Yeah, it totally made sense uh, for that character. Um, I also liked at the beginning when Morty goes to class and like everyone in class like freaks out because like whenever Morty comes to class, usually the plot's like a class plot or whatever. So they all like, I mean, obviously it's a very meta joke, but it's kind of funny just to have everyone in the class. be like, get out of here. We don't want to deal with your shenanigans today. Yeah.
0: I I do like it when this show just like, like there's like a, when they close up the riff and uh, Rick is like, oh, we could have milked that for a whole season or at least a three episode arc. I do kind of just, I do kind of like that. There's like, they just constantly like talk about how they are in a TV show, but they don't overdo it, you know, where it's not, it's not too meta. It's it's, again, once again, it like walks this like line where like they don't do it every single episode where they reference they're in a TV show. So when they do it, you're just kind of like,
1: huh. Sometimes they over... I feel like this show overdoes it so much, though. Like, there's certain times where I just don't care about them referencing it. They're just like... Yeah. They'll make some joke about... I mean, this one... The one was fine today where they make a joke about the rift. I thought that was kind of funny. But, like, a lot of times they'll make a joke that just is clearly just being like, oh, this is a meta show, and it just gets annoying. Um,
0: yeah. It definitely thinks it's more clever than it is. Um, yeah. But that's also appealing
1: to the fan base, I would say. Of people yeah, hey, they are nailing it on that already. Yeah
0: full of people who think they're more clever than they are
1: pretty much uh speaking of so I guess going back to the principal real quick speaking of meta shows uh the principal's uh voiced by Brandon Johnson uh he's been the voice of the principal the whole time pretty much like the show's been on and uh I never I don't know if you I know mostly from uh NTSF SDSUV do you ever watch that Adult Swim? No I
0: didn't that's another Adult Swim show though right?
1: Yeah it's like a parody of like the CSI like NCIS type shows with like Paul Shear and Jindai and Raphael and Brandon Johnson as the main characters I thought it was very funny it was like a two season or three season show or whatever but it's very funny very dumb um but I think that was probably my first Paul Shear exposure maybe oh wow because it came out like in 2011 and I didn't watch the league at that point I watched the league maybe like a year or two after that yeah um, what is
0: what is your favorite Adult Swim show
1: um I mean honestly Rick and Morty is definitely up there oh, okay um, but like not Rick and Morty okay well then Rick and Morty I think probably uh so I, I feel like I guess early Boondocks is up there for me oh, no. I forgot
0: Boondocks was on Adult Swim because I was gonna say uh Space Ghost. Coast to coast. That's that sounds- is- that one, like I will rewatch that one and it will just make me crack up all the time. There's there's so many like there's so many just like really silly things about that sh- show that I love. Um
1: oh yeah. It's a very funny uh show. It's just so ridiculous, especially the the time it came out. It's really ridiculous. Yeah. Um I also like Children's Hospital a lot. Yeah, that's good. That was a good one. Uh, a good
0: one. uh the greatest event in television history. I, I always found those entertaining.
1: I never actually have seen any of those. I know what they're about, or at least I know they had like one of the one of them was like the uh, Adam Scott and John Daly playing the golf versions of themselves because they both have golfers with the same name right? No
0: it's like it's like everyone they do like a shot for shot remake of the opening sequence of an 80s TV show um, but it's like a behind the scenes documentary and it's it's just sort of dumb but it's fun. They're like 5 or 10 minutes long maybe
1: Okay yeah I'm thinking of yeah I guess this is just like a different thing then. I was kind of assuming they were the same thing but I guess they're completely different. Uh, but yeah no, I've never seen those. Um, I guess I like the Tim and Eric show they had in Switch. That yeah was kind of fun. um i also really i guess for like some deep cuts in adult swim because i watched a ton of adult swim when i was a kid because i would always watch like family guy and adult swim and like it, because of that i always kind of just had adult swim on yeah. um and i feel like i remember kind of i remember enjoying i did not like Squidbillies billies or aquafine hunger force that much wasn't a huge fan of either of those but i did like the oblons. i don't know if you've seen that no, i don't think i ever saw that one that was kind of i thought that was a fun one i'm pretty sure i watched every episode of it because there was like one season but it was um gene smart will ferrell the Scarboroughs and like Pamela Adlon is like the family. It's mm-hmm. a very good cast for like, I mean, it's 2001. So it was before like Will Ferrell was like massive, but still. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's even like, you know, it's like Black Jesus was kind of funny where it's like Jesus is like a black guy in Compton. That's kind of a funny thing for a bit. Um, yeah. There's some good shows on the ultimate. Home movies. Home movies is fun. I like Lawyer Squad, the, the odd feature show. That was fun. Yeah. Oh oh my God. Check it out with Dr. Steve Brule. I love that show. I haven't so... seen that one either, really. I might have seen some clips of it, but I've never actually seen like the full show yeah it's it's definitely a like like if you've seen clips then you kind of get
0: the gist of it um but yeah i really well i watched like almost all of mike tyson's mysteries but i also don't think it's that good
1: yeah i wasn't a huge fan of that one i mean jim rash is in he's always fun but like that show never really spoke to me right now the best thing on adult swim is smiling friends in my opinion i still need to watch that because i've heard you tell me it was good and other people said it's good too yeah it is it's 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 pretty solid man i mean it is kind of weird because now I'm at the point where I don't even know like what shows are on what networks anymore because it doesn't really matter because for the most part you watch them on something else
0: yeah well and also like just speaking of how topical this episode is like Adult Swim might not exist in like a year uh, I was reading like with all the Warner Brothers and HBO shit that's going on like they are cutting animation left and right Um, I, I guess it's like a cost cutting thing though it seems like animation is cheaper than live action and it's just like yeah their Cartoon Network is Getting
1: absolutely fucked by all this stuff. Yeah, which sucks. Because Cartoon Network's been one of my favorite networks just over my life, pretty much. I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, Adult Swim rules, and then when you're a kid, the daytime programming is—I mean, it's fucking cartoons. What's to complain about?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was a little bit like edgier than like Nickelodeon. Like they'd have slightly more of an edge to the cartoons on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Rick and Morty's going to survive that, but probably no other show will for kids yeah. on Adult Swim. Which yeah. Kind of stuff.
0: I mean, Rick and Morty has sort of turned into like you you go write a couple seasons of Rick and Morty and then they like let you write Avengers or like She-Hulk Attorney at Law like everyone who's been in like Dan Harmon's orbit ends up being a Marvel person which is funny that Dan Harmon hates Marvel
1: movies yeah they have a whole sequence in this episode where they just trash Marvel movies pretty much
0: yeah but like the Russo brothers you know they they directed community episodes the head writer of She-Hulk wrote for Rick and Morty I think had a podcast with Dan Harmon for a while it's very strange. Um, the guy who wrote Captain America wrote Community for a while. Basically, yeah. Wasn't all these the people. Captain America. And- um,
1: the, weren't the Russo brothers Captain America?
0: They directed it, but I thought the guy who wrote it was um, Chris something or maybe. Oh,
1: did he write that. I feel like he wrote something,
0: but I don't know if it was that. He wrote a Marvel movie, but I don't remember. I also don't remember his last name. So this is, you know, another great example of my research I do for this show.
1: <laughs> I think you're thinking of Chris McKenna. Yes, he wrote the. Uh, I guess he wrote the first uh spider-man or he co-wrote the, uh i guess he co-wrote ant-man and the wasp and all the spider-man movies it seems like pretty much oh okay yeah um but yeah he was like a pro- he was a producer on like community and american dad and many projects yeah. uh but yeah i mean spider-man trilogy i think is the best uh marvel trilogy out there yeah probably cool movies uh and usually the funnier ones too like yeah marvel obviously i'm at the point now where i'm sick of marvel's humor like i for a while i i, pr- I preferred like the comedy movies to like the dramatic ones for marvel but I. I just hate their attempts at comedy so much that I'm kinda done with it. Yeah. How do you think a Justin Rowland Marvel movie would look? It
0: would suck so much. I really don't like Justin Rowland at all. And I feel like you can in like solar opposites and like stuff where he has his hands more on it. I I always kind of think that it sucks. Like, have you seen the clips from like the video game he wrote where your like gun talks to you? No. Oh my god, it is so obnoxious. It's like it's he I think he's like profoundly unfunny and like like his talents sort of come more with being, like, reeled in by someone who is more talented than he is. Like, he's not, like, worthless, but I do think, like, a lot of the ideas he has and stuff, you just, like, he benefits from having, like, a partner. And when he's, like, in charge of something solely without help, you're just like, God, this sucks. Because, like, Rick and Morty, the idea was his. And, like, I, you know, he, he seems like he's a good big picture guy. And then when it comes to, like, like scenes or, like, individual pieces of dialogue, you're just like, oh, my God, fuck off. Off, dude.
1: yeah he's a little bit annoying um and i, I he seems like he has more of a stake in solar opposites than he does in rick and morty in terms of yeah. like what he's involved in with it and i just not a huge Solar opposites fan i mean rick and morty I'm, i don't know if you've seen those you've probably seen us clips of him like just like improvising dialogue like in the like the voice acting studio or whatever so like, he definitely does a lot you can definitely tell when he's improvising on like the episodes because he'll just like kind of stutter a lot or say yeah. something that feels out of place almost yeah the the like interdimensional
0: cable episode where it's just him and dan Harmon taking turns like riffing is a very good episode um but yeah, I think <laughs> like the best parts are when you can when they start breaking and you can hear them like like the recording is just them like cracking up and stuff and it's just like yeah no the whole thing is they just improvised this entire episode
1: I wonder if they let them do that like now because that was like season one or two where they were like would do like those episodes where they would like break in the middle of the record of it but yeah. I feel like now they'd be like all right we need a better take from you of like more polish or whatever who knows yeah they
0: were, were really getting away with a lot when it was sort of when it was like an adult adult swim show that like no one really cared about
1: uh, so the writer of this episode actually just for reference was uh nick rutherford who was like one of the good neighbor guys you know like the kyle mooney beck bennett sketch comedy group oh, back in the day. um so like he's he got he jumped into rick and morty i guess after he was i think fired from snl yeah. uh, what, uh was, kyle, is kyle, kyle, was kyle mooney fired or did he just quit he quit okay he and beck both quit I, there's at least i've now actually watched the video but there's a video of nick rutherford talking about being fired from snl and he's mentioned it in some interviews that i found too was he hired with them as a writer, so that's like, that's the even worse part. He was not hired, like all three of the four good neighbor people because one of them is also a director were all hired the same year for SNL, and then he was not hired, and then he was hired a couple years later and then fired like after one year.
0: Oh my god,
1: <laughs> very weird, uh, awkward situation! Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that whole show obviously you know is just cutthroat, but he you know he wrote this episode. Um, like the show has some good writers nowadays. Heather Ann Campbell wrote the last one, um, and she also had a voice role in it. Um, she's usually pretty funny, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind some good writers they made a point i think to kind of go for more like because for i think you know like every show the first like season or two is just all a bunch of like white guys in the writers room yeah
0: i remember them being like a thing where they like asked dan Harmon about it and he's like yeah you know that's something we really need to be better about and like you know that's that's it's like embarrassing for us to have a all male all white staff and they interviewed justin roland about it and he was like whoa who cares and it's just like god this fucking guy
1: man (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean so you know i I mean it, I think this might be his first writing I mean you know writing credits don't mean anything because writers only allowed to be credited like as one writer per episode even though the whole like writing team writes episode. yeah uh, but you know it was, it was interesting Um. I mean I don't know I wasn't a huge I guess he I think he might have in like another episode of the show somewhere around the line but um. yeah I don't know it just kind of didn't really do much for me this week it felt like a episode where they kind of weren't sure where, where to make the plot go so they kind of just threw a few things together and decided oh, I guess we'll throw the plot this way and then uh, they kind of kept going
0: I mean as far as like the overarching like season and plot the only the closing the riff thing was the only thing that happened. But other than that, it was just like, yeah, who cares?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Which I mean that didn't even matter. I mean, like, I literally didn't I've I've watched the show in the past like basically you know week, like the past season of it, and I didn't even know what the closing the riff meant. Yeah, I like had also forgotten about that. <laughs> I had uh, no idea what that meant at all. I was watching the episode, I was like, what is this supposed to be a reference to? I have no yeah. idea. Um who cares? Uh you wanna you wanna get into ratings? Yeah, sure. Uh do you have a system in mind? <laughs> I'm trying I to think do of not. No. Uh, if you had a choice between eating pickles and watching this episode again, how many pickles would you eat instead of watching the episode?
0: Dude, I can house a jar of pickles, no problem. Uh, I fucking love pickles. So, yeah. I'd eat an entire jar of pickles and, instead of watching this episode again.
1: What if each pickle was Pickle Rick and had to talk to you the whole time and say random improv lines at you? I can't <laughs> believe I didn't see where this was going. Like
0: super, I, I thought you, I thought you I knew. It totally was just like, huh, weird thing for Daniel to say, and then it was just like, yeah, I fucking love pickles, man. And I, I, I cannot believe it didn't occur to me that you were doing like you're setting yourself up for a pickle Rick thing.
1: <laughs> I wasn't even trying to set myself up, I kind of thought it was obvious, so I was kind of going along with it more. But apparently, I had to keep those things. <laughs> oh my god,
0: I feel very stupid right now. Um, yeah, same answer. I need a jar of pickle Ricks.
1: Um, I'd probably watch the episode again <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't want to eat pickles with uh human voices on them. That's fantastic. Fair enough. Uh, um, still same rating as you, though. Yeah, <laughs> just my dislike of pickles is a little bit higher. Yeah. Um, uh, been...
0: um. Do you have any suggestions for
1: what to watch this week? I have a very good one. Ooh, good, because my suggestion's not great. It's more just like a I watched a classic movie kind of thing, so I feel like I have to talk about it. Yeah. Um. I watched *Postman Always Rains* twice. Um. Recently, like a few days ago, and or actually yesterday. Uh. And uh, it was you know it was fine. It was you know like very early noir movie like late. 40s like it was kind of interesting because they like filmed a lot of stuff like on location so that was kind of cool instead of just like a dumb set design for some of the scenes They filmed like a beach and like a cliff and stuff and that was kind of fun um but yeah I don't know uh it was it was an all right movie um it like I mean I I like old movies a lot more now than I probably used to I'd say and this movie still didn't crack my case of like oh this is a movie I mean it's in those isn't that list of like a thousand one movies to watch before you die and like everyone always kind of touts it as a classic but it's just fine Mm -hmm. um I would love to see at least a kudrow kind of play like a you know like femme fatale or like sort of like the noir uh even like the you know you know it's 2022 women can be noir detectives now yeah uh, so it would be a good like doing like um like
0: doing like a um dead men don't wear plaid type like noir comedy you can really like you can really picture her in like like the hat and the trench coat type thing yes. dead men don't wear do you do you know the movie i'm talking about it's a no. steve martin movie it fucking rules um where it it's a black and white noir movie starring steve martin but it's like a comedy and it's very slapstick and silly and i could see her doing something like that
1: it does sound pretty fun oh yeah uh, yeah I, I could definitely see her like because she feels like she's like she can definitely ham it up in like a fun way when she wants yeah. to so i could definitely see her nail that kind of role um but yeah i mean it was a fine movie i mean it was so i don't know if this is a spoiler for the movie that came out in 1946 you but so the end of the like it's really funny because like i mean the, the movie doesn't really kind of go out of its way to be like i mean it has some exhibition it has some narration which i hate um uh, and at the very end of the movie the main character goes on like a or one of the main characters I won't reveal who's alive and who's dead goes on like a two minute like ending conclusion monologue about oh I guess this is like the postman whenever he comes to your place he always comes twice and the second time you hear him or whatever And I'm like just fucking say the postman always rings twice and just end the movie just say it and they don't even say specifically the postman always reigns twice I was so annoyed it's your hatred of like uh voice like you kind of have to
0: carve out an exception for like 1940 1940- noir movies. That's... Well, that
1: last part's not voiceover, to be fair. That was, like, just oh. him talking to else. Which made it even worse, because he's just going, like, a two-minute rant to someone talking about the postman reigning. And I'm like, yeah. this is just a way of tying this into the movie title. Like, this is not... <laughs> <laughs> it felt kind of, like, forced. Yeah. Uh, but I do hate voiceover. And I, I know, ni- 1940s noir movies, I have to carve an exception in those. Like, I have to. Yeah. There's no way I can't. But still wasn't a huge fan of it.
0: Well, and also, they do a better job in those of, like, using VO to move the plot forward. A lot of times... Right. You you don't need it which is why it's annoying but in those
1: you can do. Yeah, especially cuz they didn't, they couldn't film as many scenes back then. So they're like, "All right, well we have to we have to like describe what happened in the two weeks in between like this scene and the next scene." Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but yeah, what have you been watching?
0: Uh so I forgot that we always like try to say what the friend's character could do in it cuz I was going to just be like, "Oh, I got free tickets to see the uh symphony at the Harris Theater in Chicago and if you're in Chicago, you should go cuz it was really nice. It was the music of oh, it's called like Baroque? Baroque? Oh yeah, so it was dope. Um, so I, I that that was gonna be my suggestion, uh, but uh, I guess Lisa Kudrow could learn the piccolo or something. <laughs> um, but if I wanted to do like a TV thing, um, new season of Great North, pretty solid. Uh, not the best show, but better than the other spiritual successors to Bob's Burgers. Um, that one show on Apple TV sucks. Central uh, Park. Yeah, Central Park is awful, but
1: uh, Great. North. North, pretty cute. I still haven't seen either Great North or
0: Central Park. I would suggest Great North before you saw. Well, do you like Bob's Burgers?
1: I I did, and I still like whenever I see it, I enjoy it, but I have not stuck with it week to week. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's it's basically the same as like each episode of the Great North is like a mid-episode of Bob's Burgers, where you're like, ah, the family's weird, but they all love each other.
1: Oh, how nice. Yeah, um, yeah. we also need some we need some secured redemption for her voice acting role in this.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I've of the the friends I just feel like she's the one who has like could be doing a lot more I feel like everyone else has sort of landed about at the career they deserve
1: post friends Um, but yeah she she's like sort of underrated for me she's incredibly underrated Of everything we like pretty much so far everything we've watched she's had like the best stuff typically because of her role in it and like when she doesn't her movie sucks she still at least is like good in it she's consistently the best part yes yeah I wouldn't say her
0: movies are consistently the best ones we've watched a lot of real garbage that she's it but she's the oh. best part in her bad movies that's true yeah. that's probably
1: bad you're saying it like she's usually like i don't think i've ever been like oh lisa kudrow sucked in this movie
0: yes yeah where the other friends i'm like yeah they're not very good actors
1: yeah i mean courtney cox i still like also too but the other yeah. four yeah. you know they have some hits and misses
0: i think in general we just like the women more than the like like it goes like lisa courtney rachel i would throw matthew everyone. perry
1: more yeah. Matthew
0: Perry, Ross, would, Matt LeBlanc, maybe? I would switch sure those last two, personally. Yeah, I, the last two are difficult, but I do think that, that like generally that's our rating for who we like the most. I might even move Matthew Perry over generous. Yeah,
1: I would actually move him over her, too. Yeah. I think that's a solid top three, because Matthew Perry, I watched like at least two or three sitcoms of his like fully through and enjoyed it's, myself.
0: It's weird how he's consistently a guy who I'm like, oh, he's in this? I'll watch it, which that conversation was why this podcast started in the first place. Right. So
1: I guess as good of a place as any to end this one. Wow. Full circle. Just like Rick and Morty always tries to go full circle on their episode. <laughs> nice. Well done. All right. Stay tuned for next week when we discuss something else. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. See you, then. Goodbye, Lisa, honey.